Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness today. I am joined today by Lori Latimer, and she is an amazingly brave woman that I have known for a while who hosts her own podcast about grief. And so I am here to talk to her today about all things having to do with healing from grief. And I know there are many of you out there who are listening right now who are probably going through it. And her podcast, Grief with Grace, is an awesome resource for you. And so I cannot wait to jump in and talk to her today and really get you guys some helpful resources if you're going through the grieving process. Welcome today, Lori. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you. I'm excited. I'm so happy to have you because um, I've worked with Lori before and she's an amazing person and I've seen her grow and her journey. And so I'm very happy to have you here with us. And I know what an amazing soul you are. So I'm so excited that you're here. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful for the work that I did with you because it really helped me on my healing journey last year. And, um, you know, there's so many different things that we experience in over the course of our lives that we need help with healing from. And you're an amazing resource and, ama and an amazing mentor. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Well, I think you're pretty amazing too. And I would love for you to just tell us your story because you have a particular journey that led you to the creation of this podcast. You lost your own son and it led you to not only creating this podcast, but also doing coaching and helping other parents who have gone through loss, which I think is such a tremendous and amazing thing for you to do. You've turned your own grief into a resource to help others, which is just absolutely fantastic. So why don't you just tell us your story and how you got here? Thank you. Um, yeah, I have two amazing sons, uh, my older son, Steve, and my younger son, Greg. And I went through a divorce in 2008. It was not my first divorce, um, but it really put me on this path of self-discovery. And because I realized I was the common denominator in things and I needed to, I wanted to figure out what it was that had caused me to make some of the choices I had made in my life. And that led me to studying, I, you know, I learned about energy healing and Reiki and all those kind of things, you know, over the next few years. And then I started on a spiritual path and all of that led to my mother's unexpected passing in 2014. It was just seven years ago, a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. And that then led me to studying the afterlife. I was raised Catholic, but I haven't gone to Catholic church in years and years and years, but I did have a, a religious or a spiritual foundation and background, even though it didn't really resonate with me anymore. But when she passed away, there were a lot of things left unsaid between us. And that's when I started studying the afterlife. And fast forward then to January of 2019. And I will also say that I, um, most of my career has been as a paralegal in family law. So I've been helping people through grief of divorce and custody and all those kind of things related to family law for over 30 years. So in January, one beautiful Sunday morning in January of 2019, I got that the proverbial call that no parent ever wants to get. And my 29-year-old son, who I had just seen the day before, perfectly healthy young man, doing well in life, um, had 
left this life. I don't like to use the word die because I don't believe we die. Our physical body um, ceases to exist in this 3D life, but our spirit, our soul lives on. So I prefer to say that he left this life experience. People say, you know, oh, I can't even imagine. And I look at them and I say, yeah, you know what? I can't either. And I'm living it. I don't think there are words to describe the experience. I read something a couple of weeks ago that really fit well. They, it said, and I probably won't get this exactly right, but it said something like, to those who haven't experienced, no explanation is possible. To those who've experienced it, no explanation is needed. And it's true because if you've experienced you under, experienced it, you understand without any explanation. And if you haven't, I pray to God, you never experience it. And in saying that, I think it's really important to, to point something out because I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook and other places with bereaved parents. And they get very upset when someone usually is trying to show compassion toward them and relate to their loss in some way. And they'll, the other person will say, no, oh, I know how you, you feel. I lost my fill in the blank, my mother, my brother, whatever. And these bereaved parents get very, very angry. And they say, but that's nothing like losing a child. You don't know. And yes, in my experience, losing a child is the quote, worst loss I've had, but that doesn't take away from someone else's loss. I'm not going to say that mine is worse just because someone else hasn't experienced this type of loss. And I wouldn't wish this on anyone. So between the time my mom passed away and my son passed away, I had really changed so many things in my life. I had pretty much stopped eating refined sugar, cold turkey. I had stopped eating processed foods. I had stopped watching the news. I had really created a really beautiful foundation for my life. And I realize now that my higher self, I believe my soul knew what was going to happen and for whatever reason had helped me create that foundation so that I would have it when Greg passed away. And it allowed me to then rise and rebuild from that foundation that I had created. And I started a journal within days of him leaving this life and I didn't know what it was for, but I knew it was going to be important. And I was already working as a coach with like successful career women who were overwhelmed and burned out and exhausted. I knew my work would change, but I didn't know how. So I just kept journaling. I just kept writing. And these words kept coming through the words grief and grace. And I didn't know what it was for. And finally, one day I thought it's grief with grace. And again, I didn't know what it was for, but I just sat with it. And later that year, toward the end of 2019, all of a sudden, I thought, it's a podcast. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be my work going forward. And it's my way to get this message out that you can experience horrific loss, horrific trauma. And, you know, there are people that I, that I know listen to my podcast and that I speak with and work with who aren't even mothers, but let alone they haven't lost children, but they still listen because they've experienced some kind of heartache or heartbreak or loss or trauma in their life. Healing is universal and pain and suffering are universal. And 
I try to be an inspiration to people, especially to mothers um, and to women, so that they understand that what I've done through my grief journey is I always try to ask myself, how will I choose to grow through this experience? You know, so many times people say, and I used to say this, I'm raising my hand. I was guilty of this. Everything happens for a reason. You can't say that to a grieving parent because they will never, ever accept that or understand that. But I do believe that I can find meaning to my life after, not because of or in the loss, but after the loss. And my life will forever be changed. It'll never be the way it was. Neither will anyone else's who's experienced great trauma or loss, but you can grow through it and grow from it. And I see so many, especially bereaved mothers, really stop living after their child leaves this life. And to me, that just, it hurts my heart because something that I would love people to keep in mind, this is a question I asked myself early on, if I had left this life before my mom did, would I want to be watching her from heaven or the universe or whatever it is, wherever it is we go next and see her life stop because I was no longer in this physical life. And absolutely, I would not have wanted that. Why would I think then that my child would want that for me? And so I realized that first year that when I leave this life, and I shared this on my podcast yesterday, when I leave this life and I take my last breath and I cross over and I see Greg again, I want him to look at me and say, oh my God, mom, look what you did. Look what you did. Even after the worst thing that you went through when I left, look what you did to continue living your life and to help other people. And also to be a, I would hope, I hope an inspiration for my other son and his children, because I have grandchildren and I want them to remember me when I'm gone as someone who did experience horrible trauma and heartbreak, but I still found what I call moments of joy with them. I laugh, I smile, I enjoy moments in life instead of, instead of allowing the grief to stop my life. I love that. I love that you have done that. And I really, you talked about this before, believe too that of course your son is so proud of you because you're doing such amazing work but the part that you talk about a lot of mothers out there stop living i've seen that personally firsthand my cousin passed away in a car accident tragically when he was 24 and he was older than me and i was in high school but that was a very defining moment for me because it was the first death that was shocking to me and seemingly like out of order of things like he's young he's not supposed to die and i saw his mother for a long time just stop living and even now there's like a daily ritual where they go to the cemetery and you know i know a lot of people have to do what they have to do to get through it but i'm with you in that I don't believe that we just die and that's it when our, I love the way that you phrased it, that his life in his body just ceased to exist for right now. 
and he's moved on to another plane where you'll see him again, because I truly believe that too. Um, but what would you say to someone who's just in the middle of their grieving and really unable to see that right now and all they can feel is the pain? So I did a podcast episode where I talked about the difference between pain and suffering. And I think I, I'll be very transparent. I still have days where I cry. I mean, he was my child. I gave birth to him. I don't expect that that will ever change. I will always feel the pain of his absence in this physical life, but I've let, I've released the suffering and it comes down to a choice and it is not an easy choice. And it's a choice I have to make every single day to get up out of bed and continue living my life. And some days I have to, I have to make that choice multiple times during the day, but when Greg left this life, it was January 6th of 2019. And I had signed up to take a, um, a mentorship course that was going to last basically the entire year. And of course, my first thought was, oh, I can't do that. And I heard Greg's voice just as clear as day say, mom, you have to do it. I'm like, okay, I'll listen. And I did. And it was something that really put me on, on a whole different path to my healing. And out of that, it was, it was a, um, it was a lot of NLP and, and self-hypnosis type of work. And I created my own healing process out of that to help, help take the, our suffering comes from the lower level emotions that we carry, you know, there's a vibrational scale and at the very bottom are things like guilt and shame and fear. And as you go up the scale, you get into things like um, gratitude and love and joy and peace. And so what I help them do is take those lower level emotions that are keeping them stuck in their grief and transmute them, shift them into something higher in higher in vibration so that they aren't being weighed down from those lower level vibrations, because we carry those with us from other experiences we've had in this lifetime, as well as from past lives of our own, as well as from our ancestors through our DNA. That's a lot of stuff to carry. Mm -hmm. And so it's like peeling the layers of an onion. You know, we, I help peel away some of the layers so that that heaviness isn't so great. And the other thing that is really important is, and I I created a free guide um, to help people with this. And before Greg had left this life, I had created what I called the four pillars of, of wellness. It was um, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so I turned that into the four pillars of connection because what every grieving parent wants most of all, and when I lost my mom, this is what started me on my study of the, the afterlife was, I wanted to connect with her. I needed to know that she still existed in some way, in some realm. But to do that, you have to be a clear channel. Eating processed foods, drinking a lot of alcohol, taking recreational judge uh, drugs. There's no judge. I'm not judging anyone for their choices. But if you really want to form a connection, you have to be strong in all four of these pillars. So I created this guide that helps. It, get, it gives different ideas of things you can do to support each pillar. Those are the things that I had done without knowing what was going to happen to my son, because again, he was perfectly healthy. I will be very, um, I'm very upfront about what happened to him. 
Greg was, he worked full time. He was in college making straight A's. I did not know that he was using recreational cocaine and he bought some cocaine one night that was laced with fentanyl. He chose cocaine. He did not choose fentanyl. And I will say that one of my biggest messages to people of any age these days, including my own grandsons who are 10 and 14, is that if you take any kind of street drugs, I don't care what it is, if it's pot, heroin, cocaine, um, black market Xanax, um, Oxycontin, anything, if you didn't grow it yourself or create it yourself, you don't know what's in it. And everything is being laced with fentanyl now. And it just takes the tiniest amount. And that's what happened to Greg. And so because I had this strong foundation in place with these four pillars, again, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had followed my intuition and I kept following my intuition. And I believe that that is what saved me when he passed away. So that's what I would say to people is you're always going to feel the pain. It's going to vary in intensity from moment to moment, but you're always going to feel the pain. But you, what's that old Buddhist saying that pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Yeah. And so again, this is where choice comes in. We have a choice of whether we're going to suffer, continue to suffer, or whether we're going to release the suffering. And something that I've also um, found with a lot of grieving parents is they feel that by holding on to the suffering, they're holding on to their child or to their child's memory. That if they release the suffering, it means they are letting go of their child or that they didn't love their child enough. That's not it at all. I promise your child wants to see you smile. Your child experiences great joy through your experiences in this life. I love yeah. that. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people feel like if they don't show their grief constantly or they don't cry or whatever, that people are, maybe they might be judged by other people who think that they're not grieving properly or yes. that, you know, like you said, that their child will think, well, I didn't care about them. And we really have to let go as a society of judging how people handle their emotions because everyone grieves differently and the process is different for everyone and there's no timetable and there's no you should be doing this this or this it, it's not right or wrong it just is it's a process but i think that you can get through it in an easier way with grace as your podcast title says i think that's absolutely possible to get through it with grace and I love that you are showing people how to do that and that you're providing that free resource for them to learn how to do that. Because I think there's so many people who maybe are going through this right now and thinking, I don't know how I should be feeling. I don't know what I should be doing. Like they just don't even know where to go next because the emotion is so raw and the grief is so overwhelming that they just don't even know what to do next. And so working with someone like you and listening to your podcast, I think would be so beneficial for anyone going through that right now, because you do almost need someone to help you navigate through those emotions. Absolutely. And something that I have found in the spiritual community is a lot of spiritual bypassing where, and I see a lot of bereaved moms do this. They don't want to 
do the quote work on the other on the first three pillars which are physical mental and emotional they want to skip straight to the spiritual and have that connection with their child but again it, i say that it's the four uh, the four pillars of connection are like the legs of a chair if one leg is broken or compromised the chair is not going to be sturdy and strong and so you have to build all four levels to be able to have that connection and if you try to spiritually bypass, you're going to you're going to prolong your suffering. And I loved what I love what you said uh, because it's very very true that there is no right or wrong. Every person's journey is different, and unfortunately, in our society, we are not taught how to grieve. I remember when my my dad passed away in 1993. I was 33. I had little kids. I was in college full-time, working full-time. It was a totally different time in my life. And my mom was still here. And so, you know, I took, I think, two days off of work, maybe three. And then I was right back at work. When my mom passed away, it was a different experience. And I had started on my spiritual journey. And so I had been studying a lot about spirituality. So it was, again, it was a totally different experience. Again, for whatever reason, I don't know why my soul prepared me in the way that it did. I believe that we all have either soul contracts, soul agreements, plans that our souls create before we incarnate. And it's to have certain experiences. And whether, whether Greg's soul chose to have a short life this time and for whatever reason... I, I don't know why my soul agreed to be his mom in this lifetime and experience that. I don't know. Or whether it was my soul that wanted the experience of losing a child before me um, and his soul agreed to be that child. I don't know. And as a human, I will never know. But again, I always ask myself, how can I choose to grow from this? And I'm grateful that my soul did prepare me in the way that it did. That does not mean that I am any better than anyone else. I'm so clear about making that point to people because I don't want people to think that, well, I didn't do all that before my child passed away or my spouse or whoever. It doesn't matter. You start where you are. You can start right now today. And so in my podcast, which I am excited to say that it just celebrated its birthday um, uh, yesterday, today, you know, you get the notice from Apple and then it takes them a day or two to actually make the thing go live. But I'm 60 episodes in. Yay. I release new episode every single week without fail, even in the midst of my grief. And even in the midst of, you know, certain days that are difficult, you know, with Greg's birthday or his angel day, whatever, I am committed to helping other people. And I'm so humbled by the outpouring of support and the people that listen all over the world. I never expected this. I started with nothing, no platform, no, no, nothing, no, you know, very little social media presence. I had a, you know, my own personal pages, but that was it. And so wherever somebody is, they can start. And it's amazing what you can do when you Follow your soul's inspirations and intuitions. But again, you have to be able to receive the messages. And that's what that free guide helps you do is 
become a clear channel so that you can receive the messages from your higher self and from your loved ones in spirit. I love that. And, and would you possibly be able to give me the link to put in the show notes for anyone who would like to grab a copy of their own free guide? Absolutely. I will give you the link. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're doing that for people. And also, I know we've talked about this before when we were working together, where you said, if I hadn't been doing all of this work, I don't think I could have handled this. And I 100% agree with you because when my ex committed suicide, I would not have been able to handle even the stuff leading up to it, it would not have been able to handle any of this or my mom getting sick. If I hadn't been preparing myself, and I don't know if it was my higher self either, but I just know that all the work I'd been doing on myself really helped me to get through it because had I not had that, I could just see myself collapsing and just being in that same state of not wanting to get up, not wanting to do anything. But for me, I had to get up for my kids every day and be there now that I'm the one parent they have. And it's the same, you know, even if you feel like, because I think many parents, if they lose a child, and especially if it was their only child, they tend to feel like that was my purpose on earth. And now it's gone. Yes. And we have to get to a place too, where we live for ourselves and figure out what our purpose is outside of being a parent or a grandparent or whatever it is, because that isn't our only role coming here. And I think so many of us get stuck in that too. Absolutely. I love that you said that because that's actually what started me on this whole path after my divorce, because I was 48 years old and I thought, okay, my oldest son was grown, married, and had a baby. Greg was in his last semester of high school. And I thought, all right, so who am I when you strip away the labels of mom and grandma and paralegal and daughter and all these labels that we put on ourselves? Who am I at my essence and in my heart? And that was what started me on this journey. And I love what you said about, you know, you had to continue to get up and be there for your children. I have found in my experience that what keeps me going and what inspires me is having something bigger than me to, to focus on, to, to show up for, to, to get up in the morning and to show up for. And um, yesterday, when I posted about it being the one-year um, anniversary of my podcast, one of the ladies in my Facebook group, or maybe it was on my personal page, um, she's a bereaved mom, and she said she was proud to be to have listened to every single episode over the past year. That I, it brought tears to my eyes. That's why I do this. Yeah. It's not about me. It's about knowing that there are people listening in countries I've never even heard of. When I looked at the, I looked at the list with my grandson last week because he's very interested in all of this yeah. and he's almost 14. And, and, you know, my two grands, my two oldest grandsons, they feel an enormous loss from Greg's absence in this life because they were very close to him. So I try to include them and let them know what I'm doing again as a way to be a role model to them, because I don't know what's going to happen in their futures. And I want them to remember 
that I still showed up every day. And so we were looking at the, um, you know, the back end of the podcast stats and we were looking at the different countries and I'm like, oh my gosh, look, Greg, there, or Greg, oh my goodness, no, Landon, there's somebody in, um, you know, Hong Kong and uh, the Czech Republic or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called now, um, but, you know, all these places. And then there were places I'd never even heard of. And I thought, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And that's not me doing that. It's, it's me following my soul's guidance and then surrendering. I don't know when, and I'm sure you're the same way. When you sit down to record a podcast, you don't know if anybody's going to listen or not. Half the time, I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, I, it was exactly the same way for me. And when I first started my podcast, I had like five or 10 listeners. I don't even know. And I thought, you know, oh, it's going to, they're just going to be my family members. And my family didn't even listen to my podcast at first. You know, I was like, hey, thanks guys. But um, it was just <laughs> random people. And I've always said that if it helps one person, it's worth it. And so when people reach out to you and say, thank you for doing what you do, that it's helped, that's what fuels you. And I think what a lot of people maybe are missing is that when we go through tragic things in our lives, whether we want to see it or not, there's almost always a higher purpose there that it's supposed to help us grow and we're supposed to be learning some things. And for a lot of people, it turns into them doing what you did, which is turning it into a higher purpose and helping others. And you see that so often, but you can't do that if you're stuck in that place. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and start a podcast or you have to go out and start an organization, but there's something that your soul needed and it's to learn and grow something. And if you're stuck and I agree with you, I think a lot of people don't want to really do the deep diving work because it sucks. It really it sucks does. to have to like dig in and look at things and feel your feelings and all of those things. But I don't feel like you can truly grow unless you do. You can't. It's like you get stuck in that part of your life. And if you really want to move forward and you want to live your best life, you've got to work through it. And it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to suck as much as it would if you do it on your own, because like you said, grief with grace, there are ways. That's why I do what I do. You know, I got into this to help women, especially. I know I have men who listen to me and I'm not excluding you, but as a woman, I know what it was like to go through a divorce and to be a single mom and to experience trauma from an abusive relationship. And my purpose here was to help other people get through that and realize your life doesn't stop or end just because you get divorced or because there's this loss and your experience would be loss, you know, and, and we've all experienced loss in some way or another. You can move past it, you can move forward and you can actually live an even better life than you were living before. And I think a lot of people stop, get stuck right there and they're like, no, my life will never get better. Right. And I think that's where people like you come in and help people to understand that it, it does get better. It can get better and it will get better, which is what I love. And I, I really think that anyone who's stuck in that right now really needs to start listening to your podcasts and start following you because I think you just do so many amazing things for people who have experienced loss. Thank you so much. You know, that, that makes me think of something else. Um, 
when you were talking about that, about, you know, what I mentioned a few minutes ago, that you have to find something outside of yourself, something bigger than you. One thing that also motivates me and inspires me that I hope people who are really in a dark place will think about is when you do your own healing, you're not only healing yourself, you're healing, they say, I think seven generations back. I happen to believe it's more than that because in the work that I do, I take people back to different points of pain, like I said, in their past lives or in their ancestors' lives. It could be 22 generations back. And you're also healing future generations of your lineage. Absolutely. And so again, if it, if you can make it about, this is not about me. I shouldn't say that it is about me because I don't want to feel horrible the rest of my life. I don't want to, you know, I remember, I think it was on, I think it was the Friday after Greg passed away and I brought his cremains home. And I remember walking in my front door and just falling on the floor in my hallway sobbing just that that ugly cry I don't do that anymore I I cry and there are times where I you know where it's gut-wrenching but it's not as sharp as it was in the first days and weeks and months it does get softer but if you can find something outside of yourself and for me helping to heat knowing that I'm helping to heal all, all of my ancestors and then all, you know, my grand, my son, my other son, my grandchildren and their children going forward, what better gift can I give them other than having given my sons the gift of life and my older son then has children? Um, what better gift can you give those that you love than to do your healing work so that their lives are a little bit smoother? And I, I don't like to use the word easy. I'm very clear on that. I don't know that it becomes easier, but it does become a little softer and a little smoother. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. I always say that when you work on yourself, you're not just healing yourself. You are totally healing your family DNA and the genetics and everything from past and into the future. And you're right. That is like the best gift you can give someone is the gift of healing because you're not just healing you, you're healing them as well. And it is a great example for your, your grandsons and your son. And, you know, I love that. Um, if there's anyone out there who maybe wants to try to start doing the work, but is afraid because maybe they're afraid to face the shadows. Maybe they've been stuck in this hole for so long that they're afraid to reach a hand up to try to get out of it. What are some easy steps and maybe some advice that you could give someone in that place to just help them get started? You know, again, it comes down to choice. What I'll share is that, and again, this is something else to think about. And, and journaling is one of the ways that I processed a lot of the emotions just to get them out so that I wasn't, so that they weren't weighing on me so heavily. But again, it has to be bigger than you. And it doesn't have to be, the, the work that I do is, it can be very emotional when you're doing it, but it's very gentle as well. And 
I've also worked with people and I will say that I too took some, um, I took an antidepressant. It was, it was around September, late September of that first year for about two or three months because Greg's birthday is in September. Then we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, we have New Year's and then his first angel day. And then my birthday is two weeks after his angel day. And I was having a hard time and I knew it would only be for a short amount of time. And so there's nothing wrong with using what's available when you need to just don't become dependent on it. And it really comes down to, to love. And I know that you have a course on self-love and I think that's beautiful because you have to love yourself enough to heal, to want to make the choice to feel better, to do the work knowing that when you come out of it on the other side, you will feel a relief. You will, will feel some release of the heavier emotions, the denser emotions that are just piled on you. It's, it's like when, and I don't know anything about cars, but the analogy I like to use is if you're, you know how we have to get the oil changed in our car every however many thousand miles, because otherwise the insides of whatever the oil flows through in the car get all gunked up with old oil. It's the same way with our emotions. We're carrying all these heavy, old, moldy, you know, putrid emotions. When we can release some of those, then, then we can breathe again. And so self-love, it comes down to self-love and love for your other family members and love for your child or other, you know, your spouse, whoever it is in spirit. Because again, I believe with everything. I don't just believe, I know that our loved ones in spirit want us to be whole and, and find those moments of joy that I talk about. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think a big part of that too, is the guilt factor. I think people need to learn to let go of the guilt if you can, because personally, I know as parents, we feel like we have to keep our kids safe and like it's our job, but a lot of things are out of our control. And so the guilt factor is something that needs to be addressed. We need to be able to let it go. And I was watching something the other day and what the person said was when you want to criticize yourself and when you want to feel guilty, kindness and compassion, kindness and compassion. Just keep telling yourself that over and over again, because you will drive yourself insane thinking about all the would have, could have, should have, whatever's like, you will just destroy yourself thinking like that. And it's really important that you can let that go and have kindness and compassion for yourself. Knowing it doesn't even, even if it was something that, you know, let's say there was an accident and it's something you really feel like you could have prevented or should have got to let it go. You just got to let it go. That guilt does not do anything healthy for you. No, it doesn't. And that is one of the three main emotions that I find bereaved mothers in particular carry with them because we do. I mean, you're a mom, you, you feel respond. I don't care how old your children are. You feel responsible for them. And you know, if they're young and something happens, of course you feel one level of guilt, but then, you know, like Greg was 29. So then I, you know, you start thinking back, well, if I had made this choice differently, if I had done that differently, if I hadn't said, like you say, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, the things you should have said or done that you didn't, or that you did, the things you should have or could have done that you did or didn't do. I mean, you can literally eat yourself up 
what is that going to do for your life, for your health? And, you know, the, the other thing that I would say is one of the reasons that I do what I do is because, again, I believe in these soul contracts, plans, blueprints, whatever you want to call it. As a human, I don't know what that plan was, but I do know that I want to, especially now that I have a child in spirit, I don't want to have to go through this again if I choose to reincarnate. So I want to live out the full experience of this, the fullest expression of this experience so that my soul experiences whatever it was that it wanted to experience in this life. And if I were to cut that short, if I were to try to spiritual bypass or cut that short in some way, then I am certain I would have to repeat a lot of this and thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, you might as well learn the lesson now and work through it because you're going to, you can't get away with not learning the lesson. There's just, you know, unfortunately you can run and you cannot hide you have to learn it at some point and we've all chosen different ways to learn our lessons but you can't get out of learning it so yeah embrace it try to embrace it if you can and you know there's so many resources out there to help you and Lori is absolutely an amazing resource for those of you out there listening who may be experiencing grief definitely check out her podcast grace grief with grace and check out the free resource that she's offering as well. The link will be in the show notes to the podcast. And I believe your Facebook group, is that a free group that anyone can join as well? There's a free group just for bereaved moms. It's called Grief with Grace. And then there is a Facebook page for the podcast. I think it's Grief with Grace podcast. Um, So yeah, those are available. And hopefully I will have a website up soon working on that. But uh, the podcast is available on all the podcast apps all of them. So, and I'll try to drop all those links in the show notes too. So if you want to join those Facebook groups, absolutely. That would be an amazing support group for you with other people who have experienced the same thing that you have. And, and I think one of the biggest things that's helpful is just to know that you're not alone and you don't have to go through it alone. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say is that if you try something and it doesn't it doesn't work for you. It doesn't feel right to you. Don't give up. Try something else. I tried a grief support group, an in-person grief support group. Like it wasn't even a month. It was right about a month after Greg passed away. I went to three of the meetings and it didn't work for me. I won't go into the reasons why it just, it was just not a good fit for me. And after three, three weeks, I stopped going I found other things, but again, don't give up if one thing doesn't work for you because there are so many resources out there, so many things available. And on my podcast, I've interviewed so many other bereaved moms as a way of inspiring people who are in that really dark place because these women have gone through losing a child and they have gone on to create amazing things in their lives. And so again, you know, through my own story, my own work, what I have to share, and then the guests I bring on, I just really want to inspire people that A, you're not alone, and B, your life, your life is not over with, because if you were not meant to still be here, you wouldn't still be here, so it, it's your choice, it's up to you what you do with whatever time you have left in this life. Yeah, 
That is such a great point. And I want to thank you so much, Lori, for being here with us today. It's always so lovely to connect with you. And I always like to ask our guests that I have on to leave our audience members with a piece of wisdom. And I know you've already given us so much, but if there's one final nugget of wisdom that you could give to our listeners, what might that be? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I love your podcast. I listen to you every week and you have been such a source of inspiration and support for me. And I'm very, very grateful. What I would say to people out there is you're worth it. You're worth it. You matter. And, you know, back to what I just said a minute ago, if you weren't worth it, if, if you weren't supposed to be here, you wouldn't still be here. And so reach out for help. Um, Melissa offers so much on her podcast and I'm trying to, she's been one of my role models and I'm trying to follow in her footsteps and uh, yeah, you're worth it. You matter. Don't ever, ever doubt that even in the darkest moments. Yes, absolutely. And I love you so much, Lori. Thank you so much for being here with me. Please go check her out and check out her podcast because she's amazing. Obviously, as you can already tell listening to this podcast, you know how much she has to offer. So go check out Grief with Grace and also check out that free resource that she's offering and her Facebook groups. These are amazing free resources for those of you out there. And you can even work with Lori if you feel so called to do so. She has a lot of really great tools that she can help you with to help you get back on your feet, to help you move through that process a little bit more easily with a little bit more grace and with love. And so thank you again, Lori. You're welcome to come back anytime. We would love to have you. Thanks so much, Melissa. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And as always, you can share the podcast with anyone you think might benefit. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for a live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And you can check out my courses and offerings on my website, melissaoatman.com. You can purchase a session directly from the site and then contact me to schedule it. Or you can even just book a free discovery call with me where we can talk to see how I might best serve you. Thank you guys so much. I am wishing you a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I am sending you so much love and light. I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.